Welcome to The Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. All views expressed by speakers on The Bean Pod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on The Bean Pod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Welcome to The Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka The Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, The Nifty Investor. Today, we're going to be talking about the catalysts for crypto and Bitcoin this year. Because any one of these catalysts could absolutely skyrocket crypto right back to where it was, right back to 69K, even higher. 100%. These are major events that could happen at any time this year that could turn the entire crypto market around. Like this could make everything go to the moon. Yeah. I mean, because at the time of recording, we have seen a bit of a, a drop. But there's so many things happening behind the scenes right now Yep. from mass adoption to to the macros to, you know, the ETFs that could potentially come out. Like there's so many possible scenarios and all it takes is the media to spin something a po- in a positive way and all that FOMO rushes back in and we see some major spikes in price. For sure. It's really important to learn about all these topics now so you can pick up on them in the news and even pick up on clues that they're about to happen, right? So if you if you know about all the topics and you've been briefed about what to look for, then it could make your investment decisions in the, in the future, you know, more educated, right? Yeah. So what are some things that maybe you'd be looking for? You, you know, we all, we're all going to have something a, a little bit different as to why. Like what's going to trigger inside you a buy opportunity? Right. You know, there's going to be some things that occur to you that might be perceived differently to somebody else. You know, I have a few like maybe like psychological aspects of things that will trigger the FOMO. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, what is something that you think that could happen this year? Is there anything concrete? I mean, in terms of, of, of significant events for Bitcoin, um, the first one that pops in my mind and it, it's, it's ongoing at the moment, even today, is, is the Bitcoin spot ETF approval. Right. Right. So last year we saw the Bitcoin futures ETF got approved and that was a significant positive event for the market. Um, But they haven't approved the Bitcoin spot ETF. Um, Today, they actually rejected another one, which Mm. has contributed to the fall of Bitcoin. Right. Um, So basically what happened was last year, the futures ETF. So was approved. That allows people to invest in the future price of Bitcoin and trade against it or for it. So it gives people in the stock market indirect access to Bitcoin. So they're basically investing in Bitcoin without actually owning Bitcoin. So it's positive, but it's not a massive deal. But a spot ETF would be giving access to actual real Bitcoin via the stock market. And a much easier way of doing it. Yeah. You know, you don't have to set up a wallet, send in uh, some screenshot of you holding, you know, your ID. Yeah. It's a pretty complicated process. So for sure. I was looking at some, some figures you know, and why this is so important, why a spot ETF is very important for the industry. So we have the big wealth in, let's call it the US, North America, sure, sits between the 50 and the 80 year olds, right? They are so used to investing in the stock market. They are, they're nearing retirement. They don't want to go through the house. Some, somebody in their 70s or 80s is not even they're not even using the internet at this stage. Right. Let alone trying to, I'm trying to set up a crypto wallet for my uncle who's, you know, mid sixties. It's a struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know for what sure, I mean? For sure. So if we have a, a, a Bitcoin, a Bitcoin, a spot, 
sorry, a Bitcoin ETF, mm-hmm. we can allow these big like whales, quote unquote. So average net worth for anybody under the age of 35, 75K. Right. Those are your crypto investors. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Your average net worth between the 35 to 44 year olds, 400K. Once you get above 55, one, the average is 1.2 million. Wow. So it's a, it's a pretty substantial increase in the average net worth. You know, when you have 380 million uh, residents in the U.S., yep. that's a significant amount of money that could come in through the ease of access of this Bitcoin spot right. ETF. So the moment a Bitcoin spot ETF is approved, it will be a significant moment for the crypto market as a whole because as Josh just said, there's going to be billions of dollars that now have direct access to purchase Bitcoin right. through the stock market. Because they all have their investment, their uh, financial advisors yeah. who who do the work for them. Yeah. They already hold these retirement funds for these older people. That could pour right in. I think that's a huge one. So yeah. today we just saw another one rejected. Um, but they're not just flat out rejecting them saying, you know, we're never going to approve it. They're rejecting them with, um, you know, subtext saying... Um, you need to provide more investor protection. You need to provide these terms and got these conditions and guidelines. So I think what we're going to see is there's a number of companies working on them. Fidelity, all the other, the big banks and, and, and funds. Um, what you're going to see is a continued, probably a bunch more rejections, but it's only January. I think yeah, it's only January. Yeah. Like I think we're going to see a, a bunch more rejections, which are probably going to be short-term buy opportunities every time it's rejected. Mm. Um, but I do think that somewhere along the line in 2022, we're going to see the first spot ETF for Bitcoin approved. And then that will be a very positive day in the market. So that's one I'm looking for. So the way that I would say to listeners is read the tea leaves in terms of the financial news. If you see these, um, the dates for the approvals or not the approvals, when, when they're, they're, they're looking at it, when they're going to come up with the approval or the denial, you know, buy into the rumors and, and read the tea leaves, read between the lines. That's kind of where the opportunity lies. I think. Yeah, because they'll typically announce, you know, a week or two in advance, you'll start to see it on the headlines mm-hmm. that there is this proposed, you know, it's going to be in the House or the Senate. Yeah. And, then, you know, look back at what happened with the previous one. So if you, yeah. I didn't look through in detail of what happened today, but I'm sure there's a, a list of things that they have denied it for. Right. They didn't provide this. They didn't provide that. So if you look into the next one and maybe you see that they've included that, well, yeah. then maybe it has a higher likelihood of being approved. And that's why it's the first thing I think of for big catalyst for Bitcoin this year. It's a rough draft, right? Remember when you're in school and you had to write up a, a rough draft first and then yep. get it edited, send it back in, get it edited again, right. redraft, and then boom, then you had your final assignment. And when you're dealing with a multi-trillion dollar industry, you need to get it right because you know how slow these lawmakers are. They're not going to go back and readjust things later on. I mean, they still have the same laws from the 20s, you know? For sure. So yeah, Bitcoin spot ETF, one to look out for. What would you say is the top of your list? Um, so, okay, I'm just going to say a really interesting quote here that is from a book I read. Okay. Uh, the book is called Sapiens. It's pretty much, I'm not sure if you've read it or yep, not. Yep, yep, And so it's written by Yuval Noah Harari. And he says, we're the only mammals that can cooperate with numerous strangers because we only, because we, because only we can invent fictional stories, spread them around, and convince millions of others to believe in them. Right. So, in saying that, the smartest people in the world are jumping in. You know, Jack Dorsey, the guy who runs, ran Twitter, yep. runs Square, Block. We have Elon Musk, 
you know, Tesla. These are big, influential individuals. We have Mark Cuban, Kevin O'Leary. We have Ashton Kutcher. So reverting back to this quote, we, if we all believe it, it exists. Right. So when you have all these individuals with huge followings pushing a narrative, at some point, it will be what it is. Right. So to me, you know, it's, it's like branding. It's advertising. When thousands of people believe a made-up story <clears throat> for a month, it's fake news. But when billions believe it for, you know, months on months, yeah, for yeah. years. Eventually. Now it's, it's truth. Right. You know, and that's what branding is. That's what, you know, Coca-Cola will always say like, oh, this is so delicious. Or you see Sprite was with Michael Jordan. You think of these athletes. But when realistically, you know, it's a bunch of like bigger people drinking pop. And that's not really the way. So my thing, what I'm really looking at is the amount of people pushing it from all different sides. And eventually that branding is going to solidify what it is. Right. So ad- adoption. At the end of the day, you're talking about just look at the amount of adoption that's slowly creeping. Every week, there's another mega corporation that's announcing this and, and getting into NFTs and yeah. uh, integrating Bitcoin into their payment platform. It literally is every week. Yeah. It's happening. And despite all the other stuff going on, I think that's a great point. And when you look at where the adoption is happening right now, as of time, you know, January 2022, we're seeing it in NFTs. Mm-hmm. So I think NFTs as a mass adoption gateway to the masses for crypto, I think that's an important point that we should discuss because the rise of NFTs and the mass adoption will be the gateway to the masses. Yeah. So think about what's happening right now. You're seeing every popular celebrity, they're now getting, they're putting profile pictures, NFTs. <coughs> every major company, whether it be the NFL or Microsoft or Nike or Gap, they're all doing NFTs. They're all, either they're doing NFT drops, they're, announcing their metaverses. It's all based on NFTs. It's the blockchain technology, right? It's happening everywhere. And at the root of it, NFTs is crypto, whether it's built on Ethereum, Solana, Avalanche, it doesn't matter. NFTs is crypto. Right. So So here's a great thing about that. Think of all the users who use Twitter. So Twitter and Instagram, you know, have really grabbed NFTs by the balls, so to speak. All the users who use Twitter are now going to be seeing a crypto wallet on their screen all the time. And I don't know what percentage of Twitter users use crypto, but how many more people are now going to be seeing it every time they log in? 100%. I actually, when I logged into, not logged in, when I opened Twitter on my phone this morning, yeah. do you see the pop-up? Yeah. The profile picture integration? Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. you know, they're rolling it out, uh, you know, by, ge- by geographical zone. So in Canada, I guess they're just rolling it out now you can integrate your NFT profile picture. It verifies that you own that NFT and mm-hmm. then you can use it as your profile picture. It gets rid of fakes and scammers and stuff, right? So, you know, we, we know Jack Dor- Dorsey loves crypto and Bitcoin and NFTs. So it's it's just another thing. All these mainstream platforms, you have Facebook and it's now meta, crypto, yeah. metaverse. You have Twitter integrating NFTs into the root of the platform, crypto. Instagram allowing NFT sales. Instagram allowing NFT sales, crypto. All the mainstream platforms whether you're really taking note of it or not, are adopting crypto, and they're also going to be shoving it down your throat, mm-hmm. whether yeah. you like it or not. Because they're all going to come out with an exchange or something, probably. And it's all happening, right? Like, yeah. So that's that's what I'm I'm seeing. I'm, that's what I'm looking for, and that's I think to, is a it's a catalyst that you don't really see, mm. but it's existing. So for sure. that's kind of where I'm yeah at I, with it. I think 100. percent And if you really if you really think about it, 
the ways that NFTs and crypto are making their way into everyone's daily lives without people thinking about it. So we already just touched on social media. Where else is it infiltrating that people, it's slowly happening. Right now, it's still in the early adoption phase. It's video games. Right. Play to earn gaming is the next big thing in video games. It's going to take over the industry. I've had, I've seen a bunch of early tech adopters, you know, the found, the co-founder of Reddit just came out and said, um, you know, play to earn is going to dominate the industry within the next 10 <laughs> years. It's, it's all, these people know the trends. When you spot a trend, you can see it happening right now. It's early. You know, we've been investing in these play to earn games that we think are going to dominate. And I still think they will. Um, but in order to play these games, you have to buy into the crypto. It's teaching people how to use crypto. You have to get MetaMask. You have to transfer your Ethereum and swap it into the Axie token, whatever it is. You know what I mean? You're learning crypto. So these games that are, you know, as we know, video gaming and esports is becoming just the worldwide phenomenon. Yeah. This is teaching people how to use crypto and buy and sell crypto. So, you know, these are kids now and then they're going to have kids and it's all crypto. It's, it's being sewn right. into the fabric of people's daily lives. Yeah. They go on social media. It's crypto integrated. They go to play video games. It's crypto integrated. They go to work through their Oculus in the metaverse and they're paying for things in, in crypto. Yeah. It's all happening, but people just don't seem to, it, because things happen slow, it seems. But then when you really think about it, wow, in a year, so much changed. Think about what a year ago today. Yeah, man, when you just said it's only January, I was like, oh yeah, it's all, it's not like, it's not even February yet. Yeah. Like Jan <laughs> January last year. Bitcoin was going to the moon yeah, and it went to 40K and we were in euphoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems like 10 years ago. It, does. <laughs> it actually does. Yeah, you're right. That's when I started my TikTok account yeah. one year ago and what's right. a lot yeah. of change since wow. then. Wow, man, that's crazy. crazy Every right? time I hear that, I'm like, time, it's like time sometimes feels like it's going so quickly, but then when you actually think about it, it's actually really slow at the same time. So mass adoption <laughs> is, is a catalyst because yeah. mass adoption creeps on you and then all of a sudden it's, it's everywhere. Mm. And so, I'm wondering, is it just us? But then it's not because I have, you know, my partner comes home and she's like, oh, so-and-so wanted to ask you about this. It's like, yep. whoa, everybody's hearing about everywhere. Another couple of things that I have about adoption that yeah. are recent things. Um, Coinbase is bringing out their own NFT wallet. So that's the biggest crypto exchange in America, mm -hmm. bringing out their own NFT exchange and wallet. They also just inked a deal with MasterCard, which will let people buy directly, buy NFTs directly MasterCard links in through Coinbase. So I think it's going to automatically convert their fiat to whatever Ethereum. And then so it's, they're just taking away the barriers to crypto. Right, it's right. what piece by piece. Visa is looking to get a similar integration with different marketplaces. Yeah, right. So the biggest payment platforms now in the world, crypto. Yeah. I mean, you know, the the doubters and the bears could say, well, they're just using this as an opportunity to make money. Mm. But I think they, which they are, they are for sure. But it it it's the future. It yeah. it makes things easier. Mm. I think so. There's also the macro backdrop of as well which is inflation inflation you know there is a ton of demand but not a lot of supply right for everything right now you go to the grocery stores there's items not on the shelves you know you try to get a part your car fixed they can't they don't can't produce the part to fix it or they don't have the employees to distribute or manufacture so it's causing a backlog but you have so much money that's been printed and, you know, stimulus packages, et cetera. So this whole thing about Bitcoin and certain crypto projects being deflationary, you know, I think there's that aspect of things in the background as well that we could and should keep our eyes on. Definitely. So Bitcoin, you know, finite supply, 21 million. The fiat currency of the United States, unlimited supply. 
the ultimate shitcoin. <laughs> yeah, that that uh, parallel, the shitcoin, that U.S. dollar was a shitcoin because it keeps expanding. They keep printing more tokens slash dollars. You know, it's 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 actually pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. But since the start of the pandemic, they've been printing a ton of money. So everything is becoming, you know, the dollar. There was a stat, you know, if you have just held your dollar, if you're getting paid in fiat over the past two years, you've actually lost, you know, 5% or 10% compared to what you're able to buy with those goods, right. buy goods with that money. So if you're, you know, your grocery bill compared to your income or your car bill or your hydro or whatever, you're losing money by holding your money in fiat because everything's getting more expensive. So right. as your wages are going up because there's no end to the money printing. Right. I mean, sometimes I buy into that theory and sometimes I think it favors more the people with a, a lot of money, you know, because 5% of a billion dollars it's a lot, but to a retail investor, 5% of their hundred dollars, it's not like it is, it's, it's some money, but it's not, it's not going to make or break. I don't think, mm. but when you're investing in this deflationary asset like Bitcoin and then it drops, you know, 20%, how long does it, well, if we go into a bear market for three years, can that person really withstand yeah. that, that drop? So the inflation deflationary debate. Sometimes I think it favors the wealthy. For sure. If that makes sense. Well, because the wealthy are the ones that can withstand the bear market. Yeah. Because they don't they're not relying on that income or sorry, that investment to pay for things. It's mm-hmm. kind of just like it's their investments, they've got that, they let it sit, it's fine. But you know, your average retail investor might actually be relying on their trades to pay for things. If they want to buy a new car, you know, they they have to find that next trade. They have to go 10x and then they mm-hmm. then it goes down 80%, they're fucked and they can't buy the car, but the whale is just sitting there in the background smiling. Yeah. So they can, you know, get by in these inflationary times with their deflationary asset. Um, you know, you look at gold, which is the, the traditional hedge uh, inflation hedge asset. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you just really haven't seen a lot of, you know, I think right when the pandemic started, gold had a spike, but man, it has not performed well at all. No, it hasn't, has it? It's gone down. Yeah. Like Peter Schiff is just crying. <laughs> so that guy. <laughs> um, he was on a Joe Rogan podcast or something. Maybe we'll, that's, we'll have him on here yeah. one day, but um, <laughs> yeah, look, gold has done very poorly. One against the dollar. Yeah. As a supposed hedge against inflation. We haven't seen that. I think uh, gold bugs are saying, you know, the worst is yet to come. So gold will see its day, Mm. especially against Bitcoin, which is, you know, the digital gold. Some people say the new the new hedge against inflation, you know, Bitcoin, despite recently, it still has performed very well. Is there not more gold that can be mined? You know? Yeah. Elon Musk is mining in the asteroids. He's bringing the gold down. Yeah. that's, That's what I mean. Like, so why is gold a hedge against inflation when... There's more gold out there. Yeah, inflationary ass. It's an inflationary ass. But is it because of the narrative that we've all been sold? Yeah. You know, that was created back in whenever they started to mine gold. Mm -hmm. And that's just what we still believe. For sure. Because we believe it. I think it's a dying narrative. Yeah, I mean. I'm getting at. I would say that a lot of gold investors have probably silently moved into Bitcoin a little bit. Um, But yeah, I think if they overall rising inflation is another catalyst that Mm -hmm. could see um, yeah. money flowing into Bitcoin this year. Yeah. Uh, another one I was looking at, this is slightly thinking outside the box, was Apple. You know, Tim Cook says, he was quoted as saying, I don't think people buy Apple stock to get exposure to crypto. If I read between the lines on that, he's thinking of his shareholders. But 
There's 600 million Apple users worldwide and 1 billion active iPhones. If Apple could somehow bring itself into the crypto world, I think that would be a massive catalyst. I think that's a great one, and I did not think about that at all. Yeah. So he's thinking of his shareholders right now. His shareholders, let's go back to the age thing I was discussing, you know, with uh, 55 plus 1.2. His shareholders, anybody who owns Apple right now, I'm not going to say anybody, a large percentage, I'm guessing, because it's a $3,000 stock, are people who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s. Those are the people he has to appease to. If he goes to take a risky uh, speculative asset like Bitcoin onto the books or decides to integrate it into you know, some exchange or create an Apple pay where you can, you can send a text message and have crypto on your the phone. The iCoin. Right? Why is he not doing that? I think it's because it's the shareholders. And that's when I was reading between the lines of what you had to say about the Apple stock. No, I think that's a great one. And if you think about it, what are all the top com- the top companies on the stock exchange? We have Facebook. They're fully now integrating into crypto and metaverse. Google, fully integrating into the blockchain. Companies like Square, fully integrating into the blockchain. You know, the companies that haven't done it, you know, Amazon, there was a rumor, but it was not true. Right. And yeah, so Apple, is a, it's a big one. I mean, all they have to do is put an app on their phone that comes with every app. That's what I'm phone, saying. It's interesting. You have another 500 million or whatever it is users yeah. with exposure to Bitcoin. I think even the rumor of that happening will provide a huge spark for Bitcoin. Easily. You know, if, yeah. You know how people always go through the job postings for companies and it's like, oh, blockchain developer yeah, yeah. <laughs> wanted by Apple, Bitcoin to moon. Yeah, we, yeah. Should, we should create a LinkedIn profile and yeah. put a little I, like Apple thing there and it's like, oh, we're looking for a... Uh... <laughs> I, yeah, like honestly, that that's a great one. I think yeah. anytime a big company or a country is looking to adopt crypto, um, it's a catalyst. It's so. just a, a, it's a product that we already have in our hands. You know, so you, you would have it there. Yeah. And they could have... When they have that much money, there's no way they can't just build in this, send a text message. You're, they eliminate all the barriers to entry yep. as well. Like, send crypto via iMessage. Boom. I think Signal. Yeah, Signal. Uh, integrated mobile coin. Yeah. So you can send it now. That's a bit of a pain in the, pain in the ass though, to, honestly. To, the, the setup to get that all happening. Yeah. Whereas, but you know Apple would nail it. Everything in Apple is oh. so easy. It's It, it just appears in your You'd hand. airdrop. You just air, airdrop. Uh, 50, yeah. blah, 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 to yeah. so-and-so. Yeah, no, mm. I, I love it. And on, on the same note now, as Apple adopt, potentially adopting crypto as a catalyst, I think more countries adopting crypto and Bitcoin as legal tender or right. into their country at some, some point, I think that's another catalyst to look for. So we saw El Salvador adopted Bitcoin as legal tender in 2021. I wouldn't be surprised to see additional countries do the same this year. Yeah, I mean... These are developing nations. So when you go there as a tourist, it's typically you can, you know, spend five bucks and you get a delicious meal and wine and all that. You can stay in a hotel for 10 bucks. So it's it's because their dollars not really, you know, valued much on the global currency scale. Right. So you're, I think we're going to keep seeing all these developing nations adopt it. Makes sense. Why not peg yourself to, you know, a re, like a, a rising asset? Versus having this thing that's kind of scoffed at. So I think we're going to see a, sh- a shit ton of these developing nations. What would really happen, which I think would be a really big catalyst, if it was, you know, one of these developed nations. Right. Or or even like, you know, there's first world, second world, third yeah. world, right? Even like a second world. like some Yes. Uh, just another country that's like, oh, 
okay, like Finland or, you know, Canada or one of these, just another country, Spain, mm. you know, yeah, that Portugal, would be big. that would be like big. a big, you know, like a World Cup soccer team, like something, you know, yeah. like I think that would be huge. Yeah, that would be massive. So I think have the uh, be on the lookout for countries adopting Bitcoin this year. I think we're definitely going to see more Central American uh, countries doing it. There have been rumors floating around about certain ones there, maybe South America. Mm. I mean, just look at Venezuela. Their currency is literally worthless. Yeah, it's a big country, not doing so well. I mean, I could see a, com- a country like that adopting it as legal tender because people they need something to to keep their currency stable keep their earnings stable so that's one to look out for on a side note have you seen how ridiculous the president of el salvador is <laughs> no I, like, I i caught like a glimpse man. of something about a tweet or that something guy, what was the so this this the president of el salvador you know he's trading bitcoin with his country's <laughs> national reserves from his phone right he's trading from his phone like <laughs> yeah. from, from coinbase or something right like right or binance whatever just like one of us, but he's using his country's national reserves to do it. And then he's memeing Twitter and shit posting and saying things like El Salvador bought the dip or like, like people are calling him out and he's like replying with like, you know, not safe for work mess. Just like, it's not, this guy okay. is ridiculous. He's a, that yeah. guy's a wild card. Yeah. It's like, we, we need, <laughs> we, we need people who are adopting country. We need countries that are adopting it, but then maybe doing it more seriously. Yeah. In I, a way. I think he's, I love this, love the idea, but I just think his, his wild man image maybe is sending the wrong message to the rest of the world saying, oh, is this what crypto is all about? Yeah. And then do you really want to buddy up with him? It's exactly. like, well, what they're doing it, those guys are clowns. So why yeah. are we going to do it? And as of today, it hasn't worked out super well for him, but you know, it's, it's a lot, <laughs> it's a, down like 20%. It's a long-term game and I think it's going to work out well for them, but yeah. like he just has to battle through this red period. Mm. But yeah, so, so have a look out, look, look out for the rumors of countries adopting Bitcoin yeah, because that could be another potential catalyst. Yeah, I like it. I also have Ethereum 2.0. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think, you know, if you think about it, other than Bitcoin, Ethereum is the other big dog, right? Mm-hmm. It's Bitcoin, Ethereum, Batman, and Robin. There's so many barriers to entry on Ethereum right now for your average user or investor. It's too costly. You know, to buy an NFT or to make a transaction, the gas fee can be $100, $200, $300. So like, you know, most people can't afford that. It's too slow sometimes, you know, when there's a lot of activity on the network, sending Ethereum could take a half an hour, things are getting declined, all that kind of stuff. And their current way of, uh, you know, mining proof of work, it's not environmentally friendly, it's not sustainable. So Ethereum 2.0 is solving all three of these things. Yeah. So this is going to rapidly, exponentially speed up mass adoption on the world's most popular crypto platform. Not that it's more more you know, owned than Bitcoin, but it's more popular. It actually provides utility. Mm-hmm. People are on Ethereum network every day using it for NFTs, for decentralized apps, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So when Ethereum 2.0, when the rumors are starting to, to come that it's happening, you know, right. that I think could be a huge, huge catalyst. It's the, so the pursuit of Ethereum 2.0, I think it's like a, a six year process, right. if not longer. So I think we're going to see additional upgrades throughout the year and, you know, they had like the Altair, I think it was Altair, they have, you know, the London one, I think it was. Um, so th- each time they drop another upgrade, yep. I think we should see something. I don't think we're going to reach 2.0 this year. Like full 2.0. I, no, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think it's still a little ways off, but right. I do think that each time they make an upgrade, a successful upgrade at yep. that, you know, I don't think it's the easiest thing to transition. No. Um, but you're right. Like 80% of the dApps are, or so are being built on the Ethereum network. Right. 
And because it is secure, that's where the institutions are looking to go versus I know I know Solana is adopting and is taking market share, but I still think there's some hesitancy. For sure. Just due to some of the hacks and you know, you can't have a big business rolling on to that and then getting hacked. And it you you look at the parallels between where Ethereum is right now as a technology and you compare it to other technologies that have changed our lives, you know, over the past few decades. And when something first comes out, the early adopters have it and it's great. And when you're in it, you think that everyone's using it like we do, Mm. like we are, but it's an early stage technology and there's still a lot of barriers to entry, just like I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And like any other technology, whether it be an iPhone or email or the internet or cameras, when you remove some of those significant barriers to entry, the floodgates open for the masses, right? It can be, you know, something as simple as eliminating those gas fees or speeding it up or making it easier to sign up. Like just, you know, two extra clicks. Mm. And as you know, when building products, you remove a click or a page or an accept and, you know, conversion rate goes up 500%. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing for product testing. So if Ethereum can remove a few of those things that is currently blocking out 50 or more percent of the market, mass adoption can increase at a, you know, an exponential rate. Right. Especially when you think about who's running these companies, you know, I've, I've, I don't know the exact figures, but in my mind, I'm thinking that a large percentage of business owners are, you know, a bit older, maybe in their 50s, 60s, you know, whatever. So to actually figure out a way of getting this done, especially when there's not a, a ton of crypto experts, you know, who are maybe the, the engineers or the developers or what mm-hmm. have you. So not only do you have to think about adopting this, but then you have to somehow find the talent to make this happen for you as well. And, and, Bring your business onto the blockchain. Bring your business, you know, into into the developers. You know, like there's so much more to it. Yep. Um, and people can barely even find staff to stock a shelf right now. For sure. So where are you going to find these crypto experts in an industry that just starts? And somehow you need to still bring on millions of these businesses. Yep. There's it's the potential is massive. Right. So I think when we see those barriers to entry being, uh, you know, blown away then the mass adoption will really, really occur. And that goes back to, you know, one of the things we talked about earlier today, mass adoptions. So what are the things you're looking out for this year? The things that we think could spike the crypto markets, catalysts for a big price increase for Bitcoin or for Ethereum or for the crypto markets as a whole. There's the spot ETF. Mm-hmm. There is mass adoption. It's the signs of mass adoption anywhere. Yeah, additional, you know, influencers, you know, like all of a sudden getting Joe Rogan who yeah. says that he likes Bitcoin For or sure. something. Big companies like Apple getting into Bitcoin. Yeah. Countries adopting it as legal currency. Inflation. Yeah, watch for inflation hedge. Uh, there's a lot to look out for. Any sort of, yeah, any re- regulatory, you know. A positive regulatory. But positive. Yeah. Maybe uh, Russia goes back on their... Yeah, the unban. The unban. The unban mining. Yeah, China bans, China unbans. Well, there's no war talk or, yeah. you know. Like, Positive sentiment in the market. Yeah. COVID disappears. Boom. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> yeah. That's when we get the big green dong. Big green dong the day COVID disappears. That's great. <laughs> so look, guys, there's a lot to look forward to. Um, there's a lot of potential catalysts. That's why, you know, we're not panicking during these two, three, four, five percent drops in Bitcoin. We're holding our positions because we see the future. Um, there's a lot of positive stuff that's going to happen in the crypto industry. It's still early days. Yeah. I mean, we've been in crypto since 2017, 2016. I think we've seen this. We've been in it. There's always another catalyst. There's more to come. I think you just got to keep sticking through it. That's it. That's it. Just chill. Just as hard as it is sometimes. Just chill with it. Make sure you tune into the next episode. Ooh, that one is going to be a fucking banger.